0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW Void Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Blob Talk Radio.
0: give it to you. Another sound for a very special season. Welcome to Fright Talk. Today is our live episode, October 22nd, 2021. It is our favorite time of year, and we can't wait to share and explore and dive into some of these awesome comments that came in. If at any time you'd like to chat with me or my dear brother here during this live podcast, you may call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And our inboxes are open. you got a few options. Everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or FrightTalkGuys at, Fright at gmail.com. Or do us a favor and go to FrightTalkGuys on Instagram. Hit us up. Nadim's watching it. He's there. And we can't wait to hear and hear your comments. The Dean, it is great to have you with us today. How are you doing? This October twenty second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am exhausted, but I'm always. I always find the energy for spooky season, right? This is our season. Yeah. This is our month. So I always find the energy for that. So I'm I'm doing well in that aspect. Very much looking forward to today's show and what a wonderful show it is that we have lined up for our. What what do you call them, Billy? Our fright squad.
0: Fright squad, it is. They're fr- r- they are fright so squad. committed.
1: They really are. They really are. So we really appreciate that. And we wanted to take a moment um, before we get underway here and wanted to give a shout out to the Curtis Mansion and the Cortez Manor um, Haunted House. You know, Billy, they had us over as guests last week, Billy and Mm -hmm. I. And uh, we're not going to disclose any of the details of the haunted house at all, but they treated us very well. And we had a wonderful, wonderful time. We truly enjoyed it because that's really our scene. I mean, to be honest with you, if it was up to Billy and I, we would have pulled up a seat and just sat there the whole night inside the haunted house.
0: <laughs> but we really,
1: we truly enjoyed it. So we want to give a shout out to uh Curtis mentioned and the Cortez better. And you can still get tickets to go. So if you're in the South Florida area or if you're in Broward County, not a bad idea to stop by Billy. you, I know at one point in the haunted house, you know, they, they asked uh, Billy, you want to go this way by yourself or something like that? One of the characters, believes like, "Uh, no." <laughs> I'm staying with them, okay. I know how these tropes
0: are, okay. I know how these <laughs> movies end with people like me, okay. <laughs> but, but we really
1: did have a wonderful time.
0: We did, and thank you, you know, Nadine, for setting that up. It was truly, and um, it was a week ago, and here we are a week later, reflecting. And props to South Florida, right, Nadine? For having yeah. several haunted options this year. This Absolutely. was great. You know, from Curtis to you got the Horrorland. I just saw the sign the other day on my way from the office for the Miramar Park I had one still that is still going on. That was the, West, the one at Westland Mall over in Hialeah. Um, there's the trail over there at Tree, Tops, Tree Tops Park over in Davie. I mean, yeah. I was like, wow, South Florida, we did it. Congratulations. And, of course, um, what was the one over there by Doral, the, one, the, the big one? Oh, my gosh, the carnival one there that they do with the carnival and the folks. Miami's um, House of Horror. So there's all this stuff going on, and we're super proud. Shout out to Miami, Florida for representing this year. And it wouldn't be Halloween without a few scary stories. From the classic Lady in White to the spirits of Ernest Ernest Hemingway's estate, ghost stories continue to delight or freak out their audiences. So we appreciate the fact that you shared, even sometimes in more than 35 words, (laughs) Your real or fiction stories, and we promise to read them live on the air
1: yes, and you know folks for 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 our fright squad i I want you guys to understand that when Billy and I go to certain places, you know people know what we do uh with the with the podcast they know what we're about, and so people will tell us stories of things they've experienced without mm-hmm. us asking about it that's true in some cases it it happens right and in some cases they'll even say hey listen we have a picture of a ghost look at our you know look at these pictures and this and this is this happened to billy and i so people are always wanting to tell us this story because they connect with us in that way because we know they know very well that we believe them and don't judge them based on their experiences but we actually embrace it and i think that that's actually a beautiful thing
0: that is nadine In fact, in one of those instances recently, we actually walked past the very space after the fact that we knew about where the actual sighting took place. So in my thought, I was like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Let's go back and see. But we recognize there's a time and a place for that. But he's absolutely right, folks. We can't judge those who feel or believe. Because at the end of the day, you can't help what you feel and surely what you see.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know how it is. People... In in October in the Halloween season, people have their spooky up, right? So people are yeah. a little bit more aware. You're seeing all these wonderful shows coming out on TV and the books and all this stuff, and you can just really immerse yourself and embrace yourself in that Halloween spirit, but in that spooky spirit. I mean, for Billy and I, we stay spooky all year long, but now <laughs> we, we get to appreciate because we're really surrounded by it, you know, all around when we and TV, and as Billy said, all the wonderful parks and stuff that they have set up here in Miami. So this is truly going to be a wonderful night, and hopefully, if everything goes to plan, we can get some hairs in the back of your neck to stand up.
0: Some of the beauty of of telling or sharing scary stories is the power of storytelling. And so as we read these pieces tonight, we really want to provide as much dramatic emphasis as we can by the authors who provided them. And we we provide a salute to all of our Fright Squad who responded to our emails, even more so to our DMs and our social media feeds, to give us the context by which we will be reading tonight. And so we'll do our best to do justice for this. And hopefully we won't get creeped out either, Nadim, right? I hope. Because <laughs> the weather <laughs> I mean, is not so kind right now, I and know, that's a I good
1: know. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is. It is uh, rainy, and it's one of those Friday nights where it's really raining outside, and it's setting the atmosphere. The earth is setting the atmosphere for us. And so some of these – you know, a lot of these stories we got in, and folks, we are going to try to get to all of them. There is quite a bit of stories that we got in. And so we're going to try to get to all of them. And we're we're very much looking forward to it because everybody's experience, Billy, and when you would would tell me if you'd agree with this. Mm-hmm. When everybody when somebody experiences something when it comes to spirit, paranormal, ghosts, poltergeist, whatever the case is. Now whether that's in their home or somebody else's, even though some circumstances may be the same in those stories, everybody's experience and what they take from it is different.
0: True. Sure. Absolutely. In fact, these stories you know, I I didn't glean many of them because I like the element of surprise when we get to the show because I just start copying and pasting in on the, on the word file when, when I'm prepping it for us. But I I am hoping, and I'm sure this will come to fruition, the fact that there will be a common thread among them, that clearly there's a story or a situation, there's probably a house involved, uh-huh. time of day may not matter, time or location may not matter. The fact is... Something unusual took place in a time and space that could not be explained by those who shared them with us via science. And here's something else we also have to acknowledge. We don't know how many of these are weird or fiction, so we'll take it as all right. is true.
1: Which yep. is okay. Absolutely. You know, I... <laughs> I have an interesting question, not that somebody wrote in, but it's something I want to ask. And I want to ask it to the Fry Squad, and Billy, I'm going to ask it to you. So whoever wants to chime in and email us or whatever the case is, you're more than welcome to Now I know we got the line open, and and Billy put put out the email address as well. So would you rather see the ghost of somebody that you never knew or somebody that you once knew? Mm. Wow, that's a
0: good question. I would personally love to see the ghost of someone I knew, so that way I'm not as freaked out, (laughs) because it would be an indicator or sign. And it doesn't matter if I'm blood to that person or not, but there's clearly a history of affiliation, so that would be fine for me. Seeing the ghost of the unknown is even more, it's creepier, only because there is that foreign connection or disconnection. And so that, therefore, it's nice to have a face of familiarity, but that's under the impression that the person or the ghost I see, the entity I see, has the visage that I'm familiar with to identify them as who they are. Right,
1: right. It's a great question. Yeah, so I'm on the fence about it, Billy, to be honest with you. Part of me, I would like to see somebody I, uh, that I knew, but then the other part of me is, is says to myself, what would freak me out more? There is a right. familiarity, but to, to see somebody that you knew as as being on the other side, I, I don't know. I'm I'm really on the fence about that, but I want to – I'm very curious what our Fry Squad thinks. I, I would love for them to write in and let us know their thoughts. And if we don't get to it in today's show, hopefully in the next show we can get to it. But mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting question since our we're talking about the scary ghost stories today in particular.
0: And Nadine, we have a question oh, – actually, not even a question, but – one of our first stories, I thought we'd give a tribute to Max, who's been a loyal Friday Squad yes. member yes. For, for almost all, every episode. Every so episode. Max, this great. one is for you. Max writes, I'm a firm believer of ghosts. I saw one while working at the prison. I was a corrections officer. Even in a place like that, at night, prisons are creepy places for staff, especially in places where no inmates are in. I just felt something strange in one area near the kitchen don't know what it was
1: yeah max thank you for that and you know max i there's something about and i know he wasn't in an abandoned pl- part of it but maybe in a place that was empty there's something about mm-hmm. abandoned hospitals asylums and prisons that just i guess because souls don't rest well when they were living in these places right when they were alive and they passed on in hospitals and asylums and, and prisons, so for the most part, you know they didn't they didn't live. I'm assuming as happy a life as they could have, and so a lot of these places show up as being very haunted. And a lot of paranormal investigations take place in prisons specifically. So, Max, uh, I'm I'm with you on this. He's a firm believer in ghosts, and I obviously believe in the paranormal as well. So, Billy, in the stories that you've come across. How often mm-hmm. do prisons or abandoned prisons mm-hmm. come up in in those kind of sightings or, or stories?
0: I've, I'm am reading a book now, which is on haunted Florida, and it's actually there's this and these are all they, according to the author, they're fiction based on real events, and there is a story in there where the author the, well the, the the speaker or protagonist is a, is a prison inmate, and it actually is going through some unexplained things that are taking place. And a particular area of the of the almost like the morgue, I guess, at the prison um, because people okay. do die in the prison, and right. there is a holding place for these individuals. Those who are lifetime um, lifetime holders or past holders of prison life, they pass there, and so and often sometimes they get abandoned, and so the story is playing into that ideal. I think the more that we understand the abandonment of some of these folks for their choices and their wrongdoings in life, it really furthers the idea of being an unsettled spirit, and it really manifests itself in those spaces. Funny enough, it's only the guards who see it, not the other inmates, because the troubled can't see the trouble, the challenge. That, But the troubled spirits like to frequent around the trouble but the ones who can see it are the purest of heart, right? Are those who are more open or gifted to the other world. And so this particular protagonist gets that, has that gift, that unfortunate gift to see him more. And, and, And it doesn't follow him at home, but every time he goes to work, he's having these conversations with former inmates. It's quite fascinating. But there are not that many stories that play into that, because they always seem to play into houses or other contended spaces. But that mm-hmm. one is definitely Max. Thank you for sharing and a little bit about your backstory as well, because that definitely does make sense.
1: Yes, yes, and obviously I, I'm with you 100%. Max, that that does sound creepy. A uh, prison at night and a part that's abandoned. Yeah, absolutely. Got a got a question here for you. Well, not really a question, but a statement here from Scary Girl 666. Absolutely love the name, and she <laughs> says Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you too. Uh, She says, my house is haunted. It's the reason why I bought it. I wouldn't live anywhere else. I think the spirits are good spirits. I know I and my family are not alone. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So, Scary Girl 666, great title again, a name. I would say that you sound, by the tone of your response, your story to us, you sound very happy. And I think that's a good thing. We love yeah. to hear more of how, when you say these spirits are good spirits, what classifies or qualifies that for you? Um, obviously, there must be some experience or exposure you may have had to signify that. Um, I've heard, for instance, Nadine, there were some folks, I know of a story, not from these lists here, but it was a story that I heard of a while ago, years back, where a lady said there were good energy and good spirits in her house. And she knew that because every time there was always some joyous occasion in the house, um, things would just turn on. You know, during the party, certain things would click, click. There were extra sounds. There were all this. There was never any scaredom. It was like the spirits were happy when the people who dwell in the house were happy. And when the dwellers were sad, the spirits were also sad. In fact, they were almost gone. And it made the owners or the people who live in the house almost come to miss the spirits. So that's interesting, Scary Girl 666, as you're bringing that perspective, which I think is appreciated because it's not always about scaredom. It's about honoring and sharing space because there's no telling how many other things we share space with that we don't see or know.
1: That's true. Scary Girl 666, first of all, mad props to you for mm-hmm. buying a house you know was haunted. But in the end of the day, if you and your family are comfortable, that's what's important. You know, if you feel that there's that good energy and you know you're not alone, then you know what? All for it. All for it and props to you. That spins this to another question. Billy, would you purchase a house that you knew was haunted?
0: Um, probably not.
1: <laughs> and the reason why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say that
0: laughing, but there's an element of seriousness to it. Probably not, only because it's one thing if I get there and it arrives after I'm there and I've gotten to, you know, to to purge the space or cleanse the space of my own energy. It's right. another for me to fight an entity I don't know. And I don't know how much I may need and what I may need to endure that. So why yes. take the risk? You know? True i take that risk what about you would you would you (laughs)
1: um so i don't know i mean okay this is going to sound weird but if it has to look like a haunted house and then i'll be okay with it like i Mm. want it if my house is going to be haunted i need to go full throttle here if my house is going to be haunted i want it to look like something from the crypt keeper right and then i'm going to be like this is my haunted house i don't know about living there permanently but A vacation home would be okay and also it depends on the entity because we know through some stories and what we've seen and there can be some pretty vicious uh entities and i definitely wouldn't want to buy a house if there's a vicious entity which is clearly not scary girl 666 situation right she has a place of good energy but uh yeah i I don't know if it's some sort of vicious entity or something like that uh no no i'll pass
0: (laughs) and and folks we're already a quarter of the hour in to this exciting special episode in tribute to Halloween 2021, Fright Talk, Scary Ghost Stories. If you'd like to speak with us during this live podcast, we'll give the number. It's 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and prefer to continue to send us your comments and questions and thoughts, you may do so on EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com or FrightTalkGuys at gmail.com or on Fright Talk Guys on Instagram. And, Adim, I got one for you here, and this one is from Samson. So Samson says, I don't like funerals. I think funeral homes are creepy. But one time when I went to the bathroom at a funeral for a friend, I thought I heard weird sounds coming from one of the stalls. It made me run out of there. Do you guys think funeral homes are creepy too?
1: So, um... Okay, I, I believe that they can be creepy. I'm not necessarily creeped out in a funeral home. You know, unfortunately, Billy, you know how it is, is when you're adults of a certain age, you've been to quite a few funerals and, and burials and wakes and so on and so forth. So I don't particularly find it creepy to be there, but I can most certainly see how it could be creepy because in the end of the day, you are talking about, you know, a place that's filled with mourning, sorrow the deceased at some point or another. So I could definitely see. Uh, and I could also see circumstances. I mean, if you're going to a funeral and you're, you're going to see somebody who may have passed on and you're one of the few people there, I think the less people that are there, the creepier it can become. Mm, uh, that's but, a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, me personally, I don't find funerals creepy, but I most certainly and see how somebody would. What about you, Billy? What What are your thoughts on hmm. this? Do you think that funeral homes are are creepy?
0: Not at all. In fact, you and I know a few folks who are uh, funeral directors and a yes. mortician, That's and right. they are they having them in our lives and giving us insights. It, it provides a different scope, much no different than what I would feel what doctors would say if you had a conversation with them about life and death. And and so I find that these, you know, these folks who are in these funeral homes, even though temporary, they didn't pass there. And so I know that this is a, it's just a, it's a passing through space, you know, for them to honor their vessels are going to be celebrated in some way by the family to remember these people. It's their last goodbye. I think that's what makes it more sad than creepy. I will say I've used the facilities at funeral homes. And I've never felt that. I can also say the facilities aren't as large to have a number of stalls, you know, so like, you know, like to have, you know, it's not as big. But then if you're looking at a major funeral chain, you might see more. I'm not as versed in that. But I will tell you this, Samson, I don't think you made it up. I also think that if I don't when I'm going to a funeral, I'm not going in with the thought in mind to be scared. Correct. I'm already mentally and emotionally preparing for the sorrow. Whether I'm providing solids or I need it, and so I, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a sad place. It's just a. It's a hotel. It's a hotel for people who are passing through.
1: That's a great perspective. A, a hotel for people that are passing through. That's a mm-hmm. great perspective. But I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. I have a question here. For, well, have a have a story here for you from Alexia. Mm. Alexia says, "Good topic. My car is haunted." At night, I don't like to drive it or be in it unless I'm with others. One time, I thought I saw eyes peering at me through the rearview mirror from the back seat. That was the longest ride home ever. The car was a gift from my deceased uncle. He left it for me in his will. I think I want to sell it.
0: Hmm. Hmm. This is different because... So often when we think of scary stories and ghost stories, they're, again, contended spaces are often associated with building spaces, large spaces where people could dwell or no longer dwell. A car is different. Well, this is a new one. And you're breaking and you're, you're actually breaking ground, Alexia. And the whole idea of, I, the first thing I think of is, is, is Stephen King's Christine, you know, the mm-hmm. possessed car that wanted to murder people. But then right. I don't want to scare you, Alexia, whether the story is not. But I also would love to know the history of this car. If this car was your uncle's favorite vehicle, and if he willed it to you, I'd love to know what type of vehicle it is. Because I also, you know, how much do you love this car? Because if you're scared enough that you don't even want to drive it, that speaks volumes of what you don't want to do. And well, I kind of we kind of like to see a picture of it. What do you think? Yeah, that would be I'd love great. to know I, more about that car I know, and some context I know. beyond the gift yeah. side.
1: Yeah, I. So here's the thing, if I'm driving, I see eyes peering out me at me through the rearview mirror, and I know I'm alone. Mm, I, you know, I may swerve, I may whatever. So, Alexia, good job not getting into an accident or anything when you saw that. Um, but I can see where you would be creeped out. And yeah, okay. So your uncle specifically left you this vehicle in your will. And clearly, there's something going on with that vehicle. Like you said, Billy could be his favorite. I don't know if it's a classic car or not. I, I would love to know. But, I mean, if you want to sell it, I would be interested to know if when she, when and if she does sell it, if the next owner has a similar experience.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or if
1: it's specific to Alexia and maybe the connection there with her uncle's passing.
0: You know, Nadim, people get... We live in South Florida and Miami particular. There are all kinds of rebuilt title cars around here, okay?
1: Oh, yes, sir. And
0: right, sir. some of these cars, folks, went through some serious – they've seen some serious trauma, okay? Yeah. So a lot of folks capture these cars, folks who, you know, are looking for an affordable quality vehicle. They had captured these cars through, um, through, through auctions and things like that. I'm always wondering if any of those cars has a story, especially for someone that had someone drive by tragically. let's say by gunshot. Not just a car accident but some other kind of crazy circumstance that ended in or by the car. And so, Alexia, as much as your story may be scary, it's actually giving me um, really good goosebumps for writing a tale here. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for that. That really is good. And I might just That's feel that material. idea if you're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: really good material. Thank that
0: you, Alexia. Thank really, oh, well, for,
1: for your story. Thank you for your story. Well, the, the we're you're
0: listen. We we drive at home, you know, at night, especially this time of year when the days are getting shorter. Like I got yeah. home the other day and it was like seven, eight o'clock at night. Uh-huh. I always check my back seat. I know this is before I get in my car. I, I number one, I take off my blazer if I'm at work, so I have to open the back seat. I I had that right. ritual taking it off, hanging it there. So at the same time, I'm checking the into, inside of the car to make sure. I do that automatically, and that's from my mother's upbringing from a criminal justice background, making sure you know your surroundings, even in your car. So it's just an automatic habit, that I, an auto habit that I have. I'm wondering if other folks think like that, or even including yourself, do you do such activities too? If it's at night, you're getting back to your vehicle, do you check, you know, even if it's just a quick glance, you know, do you check, you know, what's there? Because you have, you know, you have big spaces in your vehicles as well. And I'm always wondering, like, who else may think like I do, or am I just a weird one? (laughs)
1: No, I, you know, when I, when I, okay, so remember that when I go to work, it's still dark out.
0: That's right. Ah, that's right. It's
1: it's very dark when I leave for work because it's it's before the sunrise. And so I do glance around to check the surroundings, any, anything, anybody or anything around the car, anybody on the sidewalk. Are there a lot of cars passing in front of my Mm -hmm. street? I, I do take that inventory. I do not take a look in the back seat the moment I get in I look in the rearview mirror though um but yeah so when I leave it's still I mean I get to work and it's still dark out so yes. I, every day I leave it's dark out when I, I come back a certain day but yeah there's something about especially if it's dark because if it's light outside you may have your guard down just a little bit more but when it's dark you're like I want to see what's around the corner so I, I listen I'm all about safety brother I'm with you I I do not judge you or blame you for doing that. As a matter of fact, now you mentioned it, Monday I'll be doing the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And when I used to get out, you know, by the time I leave, it's usually just daybreak, but I agree with you. When I had to leave when it's dark, and it might be the case, you know, coming up soon, when I Uh leave, you know, even if I look on the camera, I look on the ring camera and check. And, folks, it's, it's so interesting because it's not the, the, the ghosts we're afraid of. It's the living. <laughs> the living okay, is what we're true. checking for. <laughs> it's the living. Thank oh, you, Alexia. True. You see what you've done? You made us freak out with the living. Wrong story, wrong show. <laughs> All righty. And, folks, we're already almost a half hour in, so we'll just quickly, quickly remind you of the options to chat with us. 347-539-5372 is the number. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And we know that many of you are probably listening to this podcast well after it's archived. But your comments and questions, even after the show, are appreciated. Your options are everyday folks listen at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. You got NTABS, N-T-A-B-S-C-H on Instagram. And you got frighttalkguys on Instagram, too. So Nadine, James says, I think my tool shed is haunted. It came with our recently purchased home. It's just a strange space. I've yet to populate my tools in it because I'm thinking of tearing it down and building a new shed. My neighbor claims the previous two owners used to murder neighborhood stray cats and dogs there. Not sure how true this is. I just don't want to be there.
1: So, James, um, purchasing a new home can be scary because you don't know what was going on. Truly, with the previous owners or the previous owners before that. If you're new to the neighborhood, I don't know why a neighbor would necessarily lie to you about something like that. I, I don't. I mean, is it possible that they lied to you? It is. But if you're creeped out before the story and now you're even further creeped out after the story, there may be some truth to it. Uh, tearing it down may be a good idea. You can also, you know, if it makes you feel more comfortable. If you there's different things that you can do to uh, perhaps promote the space with better energy. You know, if you feel if you feel that you would like to, you know, burn some sage or something like that. But you might be better off just getting a new shed, just knocking it down and getting a new shed because you can't put a price on peace of mind. In my opinion.
0: Mm. well so, said.
1: If it's going to give you – I mean, it is your property, it is your home, and it's your tool shed, and obviously you have tools and you want to put them in there. I would – it is your place, and if it's going to make you feel more comfortable, then tear it down and put up a new one. Billy, what would you do in James' situation?
0: Well, I agree with everything Dean said, and I'll just add this. James, before you build in a new space, you you may want to cleanse the space.
1: That's right. Yes. Before
0: continuing oh. with the new space, because whatever was there for before could manifest in the new building or the new structure. So you may want to make sure you consecrate that space, you, you bless it, you, you purge it, you, you do what you need to do in order to make sure whatever is connected or attached there is departed there. You know, it's gone. And so that's interesting. That's uh, Okay, so this is another example, Nadine, where we had first a car, now we have a tool shed. You know, and that's interesting. These are two different other spaces, right? Contended spaces that are not houses, which are reminding us that haunted spaces are no longer just average homes or Victorian spaces, folks. Even in the contemporary times, there are places and things that we just can't understand.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, James, first of all, good luck with that. But remember, it is your property. You you do what makes you feel comfortable. Yep. Uh, Billy. We have an invitation here okay. from somebody named Xavier. I don't know who this person is. Okay. They say, I want to know if you guys would be willing to visit my haunted house. You don't have to stay in the night. Just visit. I live in Florida. That's all they wrote.
0: Xavier, your invitation creeps me out. <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> like It's almost like he's... Want- like Dick Xavier, we appreciate it if your real name is Dex Xavier. We appreciate the love. But we'll visit but but we have to say folks, as much as we and I say we, I'm speaking for my brother here, brother Tap. Yeah. As much as the Fright Guys, we love these exploring contended spaces and things like that. We also also are about safety, not only for ourselves, but also those who we engage with. And so yep. if you ever have an opportunity, do shoot us and continue to shoot us con- uh, communications about your interests. We can't promise we'll always visit, but we'll at least do our research to determine if it'll be the right fit for us. I will say this, um, Dex Xavier, uh, I don't, we don't know who you are. Um, I know you live in Florida. what part of Florida because that would also play a role in how much we get by. We're also living in a COVID series, a, 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 an era. Yep. So things still aren't as settled as they used to be. So we're also honoring that for not only ourselves, but our family members too. But I am definitely fascinated in learning more about what it is that you have to offer, including if you don't want to say publicly, telling us personally a little more about the dimensions, the history of your home, who lives in your home, anything's happened in the home and things of that nature. You have pets that have seen things. Give us some other perspectives so that way we can get a better, a better scope of things.
1: Right. And we appreciate it. And we do have, you know, and this is not an excuse because Billy will tell you this, our schedules are pretty swamped. But in either case, I mimic every word that Billy said. So thank you for the invitation. And, you know, if you have more information, you want to shoot us a, an email, we, we'd appreciate it. And we, we would look forward to, to reading it.
0: And Adim, Karen has something for us. She says, I really like this topic. I'm scared of my own shadow. But for some reason, I like to talk about ghosts. I had one visit me once when I was a child. I was staying at my grandmother's house with my family for vacation. I was seven years old. This little girl would visit me during the evening in the room I stayed in. She was sweet, but she would just sit and listen to me. One time my mom caught me talking to her, but mom didn't see her. Mom thought I was talking to myself. I know what I saw and experienced. I no longer see the girl. But I remember her just being there and being a friend to me. My grandmother passed away eventually about seven years later, and the house was sold.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think a lot of times at a younger age, people experience uh, some sort of sighting, right, when mm-hmm. it comes to, um, to, you know, the paranormal or uh, whatever the case is. And so I, I don't know why that is, Billy. You know, in a lot of stories that we read about, It happens to people younger in life. You know, it's a little bit more uh, rare to hear those kind of stories when somebody uh, gets older, for whatever reason that is. But that sounds like, you know, obviously it's something that Karen's never forgotten. And she, you know, she clearly is somebody who, she states she's, you know, scared of multiple things. However... She also is intrigued by it, and I think one of the reasons she's intrigued and feels comfortable with even talking about it is because she experienced it at a young age, and she doesn't have a. It doesn't seem like she has a certain fear of it because it was more of a an interpersonal type of experience with it.
0: Children see. I I to to comment on your previous thought, which I thought was really cool to trigger. That triggered my thought here was children, because children are less likely to judge. So therefore, their innocence makes them see things that they may not steal, they're still grappling, they're still wrestling with the idea of what's real versus what's not. And so therefore, some of the things that would probably freak or if not challenge the average adult who is very aware and conscious, may not easily scare children, because children are not fully aware of all what's real, right? And so I think sometimes these, these spirits, they attach themselves to children because of their innocence and their purity. And even the evil, they, they're drawn towards that. And, and I'm not just talking nice spirits, also bad spirits. You know, they're drawn towards the innocence. It's like a, a, a campfire to be drawn to the good. good ex- a good case of that is Poltergeist, the movie Poltergeist by Steven Spielberg. Even though the movie itself, they allege is based on some true events um, of where he got the idea from, the truth is, it's it, it centered around uh, Carol Ann and she, the, the poltergeist, these playful ghosts wanted her and eventually they they got her. She was part of their world. And they had to rescue her back. And so the connection, what's interesting though, is that that girl who was in that movie, as you know, the name, she passed away and she yeah. died of a, 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 young, a, a rare illness at a very young age, but other cast members have passed as well, like the eldest sister. That was in mm-hmm. the first Poltergeist. You probably heard of that too. Her boyfriend murdered her after that movie came out. The first Poltergeist, she was murdered by her boyfriend. And oh, wow. so there was like all the, and then even still Steven Spielberg reported strange things occurring on the set that were unexplainable during the filming of that first movie. And so I bring all that in because then you you say, Karen, the number seven, you were seven years old and the house was sold seven years later. I'm looking uh, at the numerology, and yeah. how that plays into it as well. can yep. you know, you know, lucky seven, you know, oh, as, as I look perfect. at it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, that's a very interesting story. Love to know where you lived um, to know and, and, and how that little girl was dressed to get a sense of if she was a period ghost or one that's more contemporary.
1: Yeah. I have a question here for you from Barbara. Well, not a question, sorry, a statement. Barbara says mm-hmm. my sister thinks her new apartment is haunted. At night, she and her boyfriend hear things opening or closing in the kitchen or living room. When they go and investigate, there's nothing there. They are creeped out. Unfortunately, their lease doesn't end for another year. Oh, damn, another year. Okay. <laughs> so Sorry. <laughs> I didn't read that last part. There's a whole year to, to get through with that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. So, Billy's laughing here at the other end. All right. So, uh, Billy, any advice you would offer for Barbara's sister and the boyfriend in this newly leased apartment?
0: It's no different, Barbara, than if you bought a house, okay? Because then that lease is thirty years. <laughs> the <laughs> lease, quote unquote, is thirty years or depending right. on your mortgage option. But I I would say this. Have you called in anyone to come and and and, and, and bless the place? cleanse the space. And if you're too afraid to do it, because some people, if you've never done it before yourself, you may want to research. You have so much, you have access to easy knowledge so you can learn and look at some things on YouTube. You can write, read things on the internet. But there are, depending where you're at, there are people who are around who will come in and help support. But you have to be open and willing to that. And also don't be afraid to speak to your landlord. I know that in some places, uh, some states disclose uh, if anyone passed any deaths in the space. Might be helpful to learn what those situations are, if it will be helpful? I guess the question I have is, I know you and your boyfriend live there, but how often are you guys alone? Like, is one home and the other one isn't? That means you will also have time where, you know, when, does the, when do these occurrences happen? When you're together or when you're isolated or solo at home? Do you have kids? Do you have pets? What else do you have going on there that may be associated with the space? But I think that what you're sharing... It's kind of scary because I have a friend of mine right now, Nadim, who just mentioned to me that she's moving away to Boston, and she mentioned that she looked at the this, this space because real estate's so on the on fire there. People are moving about everything, and she kind of saw the place sight unseen. And I'm always wondering, you know, meaning she may have seen it via her realtor with the camera, but there is a difference when you're physically there. You know like in knowing the space versus visiting it virtually right and so barbara you may want to consider some options there if your safety is is for a challenge and, and you feel this maybe have a violent impact you need to make it, some choices that are best for you and your, your family
1: absolutely absolutely and you know what and i'm with you on this billy uh, especially about finding out information about who was there before who rented yeah. the space before and who rented the space before that? Because that can tell you a lot of information if there's any kind of, you know, ill goings-on in that apartment. The The question that you asked Barbara is re- in reference to, are these things happening alone? Are there pets? Are there children? Do you live someplace place where you live the, leave the window open to let in a breeze if it's a higher apartment or not? You know, all those things do play in a factor, but I, I think one of the best best is, is most definitely – obviously your safety first and then try to find out some of the history of the apartment. You know, is this an older building? Is this a, a newer building? Cause if it's a newer building, then that's even scarier to me, you know, um, cause that means less people have stayed there. So whatever is going on with that, but yeah, I would definitely try to investigate who was in this space before or what may have happened in that space before.
0: Nadine, did you hear in the news recently about a gentleman over on the beach? who is the only sole person living in the building that has been, um, I guess, you know, evicted. I don't want to say evicted. Yeah. People have been moved out Accurated, because they're doing like major constructions on on the place, but he's the only one who wants to live there. And I'm. he's refusing to leave out because it's his right. They turned off the water in the place, but they had to turn it on. He had to get a lawyer. So I'm thinking to myself, and he's, he's entering in a, an empty building at night. It's totally quiet. We're talking hundreds of units. To me, that's scary because you don't know who else may come in there. And now that you've been on TV, you have no idea who may else want to come and visit that space, you know, crew-wise or not, well after hours. But he yeah. insisted that he wants to be there and he could walk by open units and, like, the doors are open. They're just open because it's a, it's a construction site but he doesn't want to leave. And it makes me, you know, here I hear Barbara's story, and then I hear this other extreme story going, here, going on in our own backyard, folks, where folks want to just do foolish things and that, that challenge their own safety. That's not even scary. That's just stupid. So, Barbara, yeah. your story is a lot more realistic, in my opinion, than what I'm hearing locally.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially on the other side with the story where you're telling me, Billy. This is, all, this is a, an entitlement. Get your ass out. If they told you that everybody else, now, you know what happened a few months ago with Surfside is obviously, you know, uh, if there's some sort of issue there that they have to fix, um, you are not immune to anything. So, you know, if, for your safety, a building collapsing, you are not immune to that. So mm. it, it not seemed to me to be the smartest thing to do.
0: You got it. I agree. Hey, Nadine, Priscilla has a story for us. Okay. So this one... Exceeds you know, it's, it's a little bit long but it's so good. Here goes. I've been frequented by ghosts since I was ten years old. Some I know and others are unknowns who've either made me feel very welcome or who reminded me how important the boundaries of space are. Especially after a certain hour of the night. When I moved into my house in two thousand eight, I immediately knew I and my family weren't the only ones occupying the space. But it wasn't until a month in that I knew why. One night, as I was walking down the hallway on my way to do some laundry, I heard her singing, the little blonde girl who still draws by from time to time to say hello. Two nights later, I saw her in that same hallway near my daughter's room. She was smiling and seemed playful. It's funny, though. Not every visit is pleasant. Sometimes she's happy. Sometimes she's sad or confused, wandering in search of something. I've never told anyone about her, but if anything gives me assurance that she's there, it's the other is the others in my house who've told me they've seen and heard a little girl upstairs, and that girl is most definitely not my daughter.
1: Oh, yeah, Priscilla. So That's good. Oh wow, that is some story, and that is some story. And then you know, Billy, that piece there that she's been frequented by ghosts since she was ten years old. That tells me that they're drawn to her energy. That's mm-hmm. what that tells, me, right? um and then in this i'm wondering if in the space she's in now in this new home i wonder if it's about the home or if it's about her because if she's been if she's saying that she's been seeing the ghost since she was at, at a young age it, it could be and this is not in a negative way by the way priscilla this is in a positive way that um entities feel comfortable and and, and drawn to her um i mean she's been living in her house since 2008 that's quite some time And obviously, she's not the only person who sees and hears this. This is quite an incredible story. And it sounds as if Priscilla is comfortable, but also Mm -hmm. at the same time, uncomfortable. There's almost like a neutral space here where she understands that the girl's smiling sometimes and then not smiling others. And, I mean, first of all, kudos to her for not moving out. But I don't think moving out would solve that problem necessarily because she says she's been frequented by ghosts since she was 10 years old. But it does show that she has a lot of fortitude, I will say that. Um, that is quite the story, Priscilla. And I do hope whatever situations or, or ghosts you're frequented by, I do hope that you're always – I assume since it's been since such an, such an early age – that you're always comfortable within the space that you're in because that's the most important mm. part. That you and your family are comfortable – that takes priority over anything else. But thank you for sharing that story. I know it's incredibly personal. And we here at Fright Talk appreciate it. And as Billy was reading it, I had a few hairs on the arm stand up.
0: I think, I don't know what, you know what's funny? Because when you read a story like this and you know the person who sends it, it's almost like you get a window into their soul or their lives. And it's so interesting. There's almost this compassion, which I think is... It reminds yeah. me of a classic poem by Christina Rossetti, a Victorian poet. It's called Poor Ghost, and where the, this ghost comes back to her lover who's been lamenting her absence, and she freaks him out by her appearance, but then right when she comes back to claim him to come back with her, he rejects her. I call it the greatest Victorian diss of all. And it's sad because it's called Poor Ghost. It's almost like the same kind of empathy, the, 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 that I the, 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 the compassion, I should say, yeah. Not empathy but a compassion for this ghost that I saw in the poem is now manifested in Priscilla's story. I thought that was super cool and a great reminder that children, you know, ghosts come in all shapes, sizes and ages. Absolutely.
1: Thank you, Priscilla, for sharing that story. That so was much. really good. I appreciate it. It was. I have a story here for you from Madeline. Madeline says, I was staying with a friend at an old hotel in downtown San Diego. That is known for its ghosts in one room. I was young and foolish and requested to stay in the room. The hotel was originally a brothel in a red light district in the 1920s. Evidently, Roger was shot and killed in the room over a gambling debt. While sleeping, I kept feeling someone touching my arm, but no one was there. The ceiling fan went on and off for no reason, and the bathroom light flickered on and off at random. I finally freaked out and packed my suitcase to get out of the to get out, and the door wouldn't open. I asked my friend to help, and it opened immediately. I ran like mad out of there. The creepy thing was that I read the guest book entries before I bolted. Everyone who stayed there had the same exact experience. Wow, and let
0: me say this, Madeline dear, I know you well as a colleague, my fellow author, colleague. You're not one to make up stuff. <laughs> like, you may put it in your novels, but horror is not her thing. Let me say this. So right. for her to share okay. this, that is fascinating. And even more so, you know what's even more grim about it is the fact that you got to see the guest book to realize who came before you. Right. And they all had the same problem. That yeah. is ultra cool and scary. You know, that's an interesting one. You know, houses and brothels and 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 in contended spaces that that are that are you know haunted that formerly function as something not so nice. Just like right. here in in Miami, Nadine, the, the hotel the you know had you know the the, yeah. the not only the elevator but the 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 presidential suite there. It's called the Everglades Suite where a lot of dignitaries stay. That right. used to be a casino, and Fats Walsh was murdered there. He died yeah, the gang- there in that area. A gangster. Yeah. And so it's so interesting because now we get these kind of stories where you get individuals, you know, who knows what else may have happened in spaces we commonly frequent today. I think that was a fascinating story. And it's so cool because it's coming from people who are so real. And in my thought, people who are just connected and so grounded on earth to share these unique stories, it makes it even scarier. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Madeline, that's a great story. And you know, that experience is something you you said you, I don't know how old you are. It says the thing you did when you were younger and that you were foolish. I'm I'm wondering if given the circumstances today if you would do the same thing. Mm. Uh, maybe not in the same place, but I'm I'm curious as if if somebody tells you, hey, this is a haunted place, based on your experience the first time, I'm I'm curious as if you'd do it again because I will tell you, it is a fascinating story.
0: It is. It is. Sort of Definitely
1: Double fascinating story because that is that's very good, and we're glad you 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 made it out okay.
0: Yes, that's right. Can you imagine not being able to open the door? Now hold on, now that was crazy. No, no, no. no. Okay, that's when the story really got me creeped out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Cindy has one for you, to Deem. My grandmother's house is definitely haunted. These poor grandma houses. I don't know what it is. No one died there. No one is. No one is an evil person. It's just like the house is damned. So many things have happened before the pandemic that just don't make sense. This weekend, she's moving in with my aunt.
1: You know, Cindy, What? first of all, Cindy, thank you for your, your story. You know what I would say, Cindy, is that even though you may have a home that nothing as far back in the history as you can go, there's nothing bad has happened in that home. There's no tragedy or nothing like that. You also have to take into consideration the land that this was on was this house built on a land that perhaps is bad land or land that there was something else that transpired on it before so that's something to take into consideration and also sometimes um people may bring negative energy with them i'm not saying ghosts. i'm just saying a negative energy in general so even though something tragic did not happen in that home creepy things can still happen because there's other factors to take into consideration as well.
0: And be mindful, Nadim, right? Be mindful of what you attract and put out. Absolutely. Because that also, you know, that definitely I associate all my comments with Nadim. I'll just only add, you be mindful what you put out there because sometimes you can attract just like we can attract an illness or COVID, can we attract a ghost? <laughs> so the same thing could have perhaps supply or energy. be mindful of that as well that definitely is a very these stories are getting darker and creepier by the day
1: by the moment
0: i know i'm loving
1: it folks this (laughs) to be
0: fun now you're creeping us out
1: (laughs) i have a story here for you billy from larry larry says i stayed at my uncle's house in georgia one week he was a great elderly gentleman one night i went to get a drink of water from the kitchen he lived alone he was a widower However, in the house were I, my sister, mom, and father. I swear I saw something in that kitchen. It was tall, dark, and just stood there. I got the hell out of there. Didn't want to go there after hours alone again. A week later, my uncle passed away in the house.
0: Hmm. 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 I'm always wondering if the entity he saw was like a sign or like, you know, you know, the angel of death.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. A premonition it, of, of. Yeah, a of, premonition. Of that.
0: Yeah. That was, yeah. A really that was a really good yeah. story. That's a really yeah, good no, story. And I do yeah. hope, yeah, that I do hope his, his, you know, his uncle died a week later in the house. I'm hoping that he was surrounded by loved ones and not alone in that final hour, you know?
1: Right. And he was a widower. maybe don't have a connection. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have a connection. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe they do. But maybe they don't. But, I mean, honestly, I'm with Larry on this. I'm, if I'm in a place this on my own and I walk into the kitchen to get a drink of water in the middle of the night and there's a dark, shadowy figure, I'm not going to be okay.
0: True. That's very true. And, Larry, we'd love to know how old were you because that, that helps also play a role into this. Makes the impression maybe perhaps you were old enough to know better. <laughs> you were old enough to be able to go on your own and get water. So you must've been a teen at least, so you, go, you know, to frequent the house. Cause I don't know many kids who want to leave their room or a space after 10 PM. You know what I mean? Cause I know I did yeah. when I was a kid, when it was dark, I'm staying in this room. till so it's daylight. <laughs> or oh, I hear other noise in the house that, know, that signals that other adults are up. I'm not leaving that room. <laughs> righty, folks. We're down to the last couple of hours. We're just going to do a little a spitfire on some of these. I'll just read this quick story. Joshua writes, I think my job is haunted. I work at a call center. Several employees complain about things missing or misplaced in the center. One coworker ran screaming from the bathroom just recently. Do you think there's something creepy lurking at your workplaces?
1: Not at my workplace. I don't think there's anything. I mean, no. Germs. <laughs> Germs. <laughs> <laughs> Germs and COVID (laughs) Yeah, might be lingering around In the atmosphere But no, (laughs) nothing scary like that In my workplace Uh, What about you?
0: No, I don't think I'm there I'm more afraid of the germs and the other vermin That try to get in than anything else
1: Agreed (laughs) Agreed, 100% Mm -hmm. Dustin says Why does Halloween associate with ghosts? It's one of my favorite topics I just don't want to meet one (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to, to like want want it's okay to like
0: the thing you don't want to be. It's okay to like something that you really don't want, right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right. He doesn't want to meet it, though He just wants to hear everything about
0: him. But remember, Dustin, if you go back and listen to our opening episode for Halloween this month, when we talked about the history of Halloween, there's there's significant origin, the spirituality of Halloween, especially not only from its Celtic origins, but how it's grown or evolved into what we see as an American identity. And it was really during that post that Victorian era, when we really begin to get an understanding of what American Halloween looks like and how that plays in, and, and also keeping in mind the illnesses and sicknesses that people endured during that time, it, it was almost a way for people to bring understanding to the scientific things they didn't understand in their time as well. And so now today, it's just great, scared of, and people enjoy. Listen to the episode. We'll give you a lot more. It was right. a lot- that was two weeks ago, so October eighth episode. You got to check it out.
1: <laughs> Let's see here, we have two more, Billy. Let's get Go to this. So we got Sarah. Sarah says, "Do you guys think there are haunted items that are gifted by others? What's your take on receiving gifts or items that formerly belonged to others who have now passed on?"
0: I'm fine. We're taking something that was valuable, especially for someone I love. I don't have a problem taking that at all. But I will say there are certain things that I don't want from others. Like I don't want others Bibles.
1: Correct. I don't want
0: certain there's certain things that I don't want that are tied to people. I don't want those. I'd rather have my own. And so I, I, but I will say like a trinket um, or a relic or a ring or a bracelet or a watch or a shirt, like I have my grandfather's shirt that I wear sometimes. I'm okay with those things because wearing them gives me love for those folks. But i do believe some things can manifest in certain items
1: i believe that as well and you know like billy said if it's something that's given to you gifted to you inherited and especially if it's a loved one i don't think there's anything particular creepy about that if you're going and you're purchasing something that belonged to somebody that passed away and that person you know if it's filled with sorrow then that's a different story and i agree with billy that things can manifest itself in items as well
0: we're down to our last three minutes, folks. So We're going to squeeze this in, uh, Nadim. Have you guys ever been creeped out by a spirit that may have followed you from a haunted attraction? Do you think attra- attractions attract spirits?
1: Uh, I've never been creeped out, and I never uh, – not by a haunted attraction. I never felt that any spirit has followed me from a haunted attraction. Do I think haunted attractions attract spirits? not particularly i mean obviously depending on the location if it's a location or some some place that's actually haunted then perhaps but just because it's a theme itself no i don't believe it does billy what about you
0: agreed i don't think they're there they they they, they almost i think they'd be offended cuz some of these actors are taking up their space hmm. <laughs> and making money off of it <laughs> they're not getting hmm. a cut of it so, unfortunately, I could not. I agree with Nadeem. I don't think there, there is anything that's followed me. But I thank you for that, though. That's pretty interesting. And, folks, we got to thank you for an ex- excellent episode. Right, Nadine? This has been phenomenal.
1: Absolutely. It's so much fun. And
0: coming, no, fun. And coming November 5th is our next episode. It's, it's called Shapeshifters. Can't wait to chat with you. And then following that, November 19th, so far still scheduled, 21st century remakes of classic films. Can't wait to chat with you. Folks, have a wonderful Halloween. Nadim as well. Have an enjoyable holiday. Enjoy the last 11 days before Halloween. (laughs) Take care, everyone, and stay safe.